Pittsburgh Steeler fans, you know what time it is. It is time for the Steelers Q&A here on a Saturday morning. On an early Saturday morning, it is 8.02 Eastern Time, according to my uh, little computer over here. And I am excited that two of you right now are joining me live, and I hope many more can come uh, this morning. I know it's going to be early. Tried to send out a tweet last night to prep everyone for it. Uh, but I've got some family coming into town today around 9 o'clock, and so I am trying to get this done early for you guys so that way <clears throat> we get the content out, we talk some Steelers, we answer questions, we preview this game for all intents and purposes, and I still get to go have breakfast with my family members when they come through town, and it'll be a good day for everyone. Um, I'm so excited about talking Steelers this week because we have so much to talk about. There's so much to consider with this game when you think about Matt Canada being gone and the limitless possibilities now that Steelers Nation believes are available to this offense. And I am one of those. I really do think that growth can continue here. We have to see it. What areas can they grow in? Let's talk about those types of things. And if you have questions about this Steelers team, send them my way. If you're watching live on YouTube, Facebook or Twitter X, then you hop on and give me your questions and we will talk over the Pittsburgh Steelers. But the title I provided for the show today uh, is what fortunes await the Steelers in week 13. Is it going to be a lucky 13? Is it going to be an unlucky 13? What is going to go down this week? Because there are a couple stats here at play. All right. Or uh, trends, I should say. The, the big trend that we've all kind of been tracking this year, and, and Jeff Hartman um, from here at B, uh, <laughs> the Steel Curtain Network, excuse me, um, he has kind of championed this from the, from the get-go where <clears throat> the Steelers start out with a dud, then they win a, a close game where they look okay, and then they have a much better game in the third week. Uh, and then they go lay a dud again. It's, it's been the cycle all season where it's just like that that three-game cycle, and then it resets. So you had dud against the Niners. You had win against the Browns, win against uh, the Raiders, and then and then you had dud against the Texans, and then you had okay win, good win, dud against the Jaguars. Okay win, good win, dud against the Browns. Okay win last week against Cincinnati. What's this one on tap for? This is supposed to be their good week. All right, this is supposed to be, we look better. We are on track for something good. Now, if you follow that cycle out, that means Thursday night football ain't going to go so well for us Steelers Nation. But we have to see if the cycle still continues in this game because this is conflicting with Mike Tomlin's resume as the Steelers head coach. And Jim Wexel on the Steel City Insider, if you haven't listened to his show yet, on Wednesday this week on the Steel Curtain Network feed, Wherever you get your podcast, you can find that there. You can also obviously find that at 24-7 Sports and at Jim Wexel's uh, website and his um, wherever you get his, his stuff. So um, you can find that there. But he talks about this, that Mike Tomlin, in his career as the Steelers head coach, when the Steelers play two division opponents back-to-back, the game following that, he is three and seven all time. Three and seven all time. And oh and two 
when those two games back to back were both on the road to division opponents. Now, <clears throat> he didn't clarify whether the teams that they faced immediately after were all that good or whether they were cupcake teams or if it was a letdown game, but that is the record and the record speaks for itself. The Steelers get hyped up for their division rivals <clears throat> and then they can come down off that high a little bit when they go and play whatever game is after that. So those two trends are going to clash here and who comes out on top? Is it the recent one, the trend of the Steelers playing better in that third game? Cause that's where we sit today. Or is it going to be that the Steelers and Mike Tomlin specifically uh, rather rough record coming off of two division matchups? Will that continue? That is going to be something to watch here. I've got a question. Well, it's more of a statement, but I think that we can we can talk about this from Dark Storm One, DRK Storm One. Thanks for whoa, I popped it up and then dropped it. All right, <clears throat> pop and drop. Got Dark Storm One at or saying, I want to see offensive yards like last week, but for those yards to translate to points, absolutely it has to this week against the Cardinals. I was looking at the some of the stats before this game. The Steelers still have a minus 23 point differential. Okay. They have scored fewer points than their opponents by 23 overall this season. Um, I'm not saying you get it all back this week against the Cardinals, but let's let's put a, a bite, a big bite into that negative point differential. And <clears throat> let's not finish this season with a negative point di differential, Pittsburgh. Let's not do that. Let's go put up 33 this week. Let's go put up 33 and, and leave those Cardinals sitting at 10. You know, that's 23 points. You could do that. 33 to 10. Let's make that the score this week. Can we not do that for once? Can we not have a fun, enjoyable game where Steeler Nation's kind of rocking back on their couch like, like I am right now, comfortable on my couch? Can we not have one of those games where we're just comfortable sitting back watching, enjoying a Sunday afternoon, and, and chilling? Watching a 33 to 10 beatdown of a bad team. Let's do it, Pittsburgh. Let's do it, Mike Tomlin. Let's do it, guys. Let's go out there and do that. Dark Storm, you're all on it. I like it. And then follows it up with this. If the Steelers can't beat the likes of the Cards or Pats, they don't deserve to. They don't deserve a lot of things in that case. They don't deserve to go to the playoffs. They don't deserve to be in the conversation this week uh, or in any future weeks, excuse me, for the playoffs. But they've, they've got to win these games. They do. <clears throat> no letdowns here, all right? Let's keep on a roll. Break the cycle by winning this week, winning on Thursday Night Football, and then going into to Indianapolis at 9-4 and four against a team who's going to be in the playoff mix. They're still going to be there, uh, unless they have a couple bad losses in between there. But they've got a pretty easy record as well. Or, excuse me, pretty easy schedule as well. <clears throat> so... At that point, you know, okay, you're playing a good team. What happens there? I mean, if you're going to win in the playoffs, you got to beat that team too. I mean, seriously, when you come down to it, if the Steelers want to be considered a real threat this season, which I think they could be, why not in this AFC? We can talk about that later as well. Um, why not? Why not the Steelers this year? Um, oh, hi, Brian Brown. Steelers family is here. We are ready to rock and roll. Uh, thanks for joining in, Brian. I'm sure you'll have a question for me at a later time. Very good to have you on board here this morning. Uh, 
oh, excuse me. I keep clicking buttons I'm not supposed to <laughs> and pulling up, uh, <clears throat> pulling up conversation. Um, anyway, going back to what I was talking about, you know, if, if you're going to be considered a real contender here, I mean, the schedule can be had. I mean, you've got to win these games. You just absolutely have to win these games. It is, it is Cardinals, Patriots, Colts, who are going to be maybe missing their top running back and their top quarterback. You got to beat that team, honestly. Honest to goodness, you got to beat that team. They just waived their best defensive player <clears throat> outside of uh, maybe Kenny Roberts on in the secondary. Um, yeah, you got to beat these teams, and then you got the Bengals after that at home. Uh, no Joe Burrow. I mean, what are we talking about? Four and zero. You should be four and zero there. You should be at. You should be at eleven wins already. You absolutely should be at eleven wins already by the time you go to Seattle and Baltimore in the in the last two weeks. I mean, there's no excuse. You just got to do it. You just got to be. You got to have your eleven wins by the time you get into those two games. And let me say this: if you have your eleven wins, even if you lose to Seattle, if I'm a betting man, I, I'm I'm picking that. Week 18 means something for both the Steelers and the Ravens as far as the AFC North. They, they're they going to be clashing it out, battling it out for the AFC North in Week 18. All the marbles are in the middle, and they're going to go for it. This team has a chance to be your AFC North champions this year at 11-6, and 12-5. Could you believe that? 12-5 and five after the, some of the ups and downs of this season insane all right let's get into some questions here brian brown indeed does have a question for me as he always does brian says who mirrors kyler murray you know the steelers will play him like lamar it's their only point of reference really <clears throat> i think of a few years ago when the steelers played the cardinals and the edge rushers really got to him and messed with him i like them to be able to do that again this time but i think minka fitzpatrick was kind of the guy who had his eye on uh on Kyler Murray and I mean he's coming back from injury I don't know how they're gonna play these safeties right now maybe Trenton Thompson gets that job up in the box I don't know it could be maybe it's Demonte KZ who gets that assignment maybe it's one of the linebackers maybe it's my Michael Walker um sure as heck ain't gonna be a Landon Roberts he's the one that's gonna be flying around doing all the do-it-all stuff like he has been. So I, I like one of the safeties to be kind of that bet there. Um, you know, with Keanu Neal still out, uh, maybe maybe you get Miles Killebrew involved down there. I don't know. That, that That's a good question, Brian. We'll see how it plays out. But there's going to be somebody that kind of spies him. Um, and I don't think necessarily every play, I think they can contain him because Kyler Murray loves to play out of the pocket. That's what he likes to do. He likes to, he likes to win ball games as a passer. Um, running is definitely secondary to him. I've always liked that about Kyler Murray. Um, just to be honest here is like, yeah, he's undersized. Yeah. He's got his issues, but the arm talent is for real. And he knows it and he sees the field pretty well overall. So he plays within structure. He doesn't do a lot of, of scrambling around unless it is appropriate in the situation. And so um, uh, he is tough to play with in that regard or play against in that regard. And I, I would expect him to um, be tough again this week. I think the Steelers defense could end up having a, a tougher time 
with this Cardinals offense than the Steelers offense should have with the defense. Um, that's why I picked my final score. If you, uh, if you tune in for when our, our uh, staff picks break tomorrow morning on, on Sunday, then you'll see I picked 27, 23 Steelers that the defense makes it closer than it should be because Kyler Murray and company just kind of do their thing and, and be feisty. Uh, James Connor coming back into town. That's going to be a tough, tough ask for the Steelers to slow him down because it's a homecoming. Uh, and I know the Steelers run defense has been exceptional lately. I think if you take the last uh, four or five weeks since Cam Hayward returned, they are a top three run defense in the league during that time. Uh, yards, yards per carry, touchdowns allowed, all those metrics. Uh, EPA per play, um, success rate. I think their defense against the run has been top five in that regard. Um, so, so with this Cardinals team, though, they've got enough offensive firepower to make you sweat a little bit if you're Pittsburgh. Um, and that's where I would be just a little bit concerned if I'm a Steelers fan uh, watching this game is that the the defense might give up more points and yards than than they should. Um, and I know that the, the Cardinals are going to be missing some players. They're going to be missing Michael Wilson, their uh, wide receiver, missing a couple uh, – a cornerback, a, a couple defensive players. Um, so they're not healthy very much either. Um, so we'll see how it plays out. But uh, I think that that is something to watch out for is can the Steelers defense handle their business and, and keep them under 20 again? If they do, I think the Steelers win pretty handily. Um, and it maybe doesn't even feel that close. But I would I would expect this team to find a way, the Steelers, that is, to keep the game close. <laughs> even if they end up winning it, which they should in the end, I expect them to. Um, I expect it to still be close. All right, let's take our quick break here. If you're on the live feed, obviously, you know this by now. We're not going anywhere. But if you're listening a lot or if you're listening on recording, we're just going to get a word from our sponsors real quick. And we'll be right back on the Steelers Q&A. All right, we are back here on the Steelers Q&A on a Saturday morning. It's 8.16 now, rolling through this morning here. And I've got another question. This one from Seth Phyllis, who says, does Herbig start to get more snaps? Nick Herbig. Highsmith hasn't been as expected after the first couple games of the year. That is a very interesting thought right there, uh, Seth. If you look at advanced metrics, Alex Highsmith has been amazing. But I, I get it. The, the real production, as far as sacks and takeaways, turnover forcing plays and, um, you know, splashy plays from, from Alex Highsmith. Those have not been there. Still a great run defender, still a, a very good, um, pressure edge rusher. Very good by those metrics, but he has had a, a dip in production in, in I'd say the second half of the season so far since the bye week let's give it that. Um, yeah, I think, I think Herbig does start to get some more snaps, but I also think that that plays into this game where the Steelers have a Thursday night football game coming up. All right. Um, and I think they're going to play more players. They're going to rotate more players in, in this game on defense, especially because of that fact that they're going to have to play in just four, four days after this game. So I think Herbig gets a lot of, of time. I think uh, Marcus Golden gets a lot of, playing time in this game against the Cardinals. 
And I don't think the production would dip too much with those guys in to make it an issue for the Steelers. Um, get him in there on first and second down a few times. Let him shut down what the Cardinals want to do there. And then, you know, let TJ and, and Alex feast on, on third down. Um, keep them fresh for Thursday. Don't wear them out. This, this is a, it's an, an AFC opponent on Thursday in the Patriots. I know they've been bad this year, but it's an AFC opponent that it's kind of had their number. Uh, this is going to be the first meeting between the Steelers and Patriots post Brady. So we'll see how that goes. Steelers got the last laugh against Brady. We don't remember that. Um, so I'm, I'm expecting here that the Steelers uh, on Thursday would still, still win the game, but they're, it's going to be a lot tougher than this Cardinals game would be. Um, the Patriots defense is a lot better too. Uh, Patriots have a good running game. We'll see how that goes. Um, I think the biggest thing though for this week, you know, we've we've gotta we've gotta really establish ourselves here as an offense. Because if you're not gonna do it against the Cardinals after showing good signs of life against the Bengals, then you're not gonna do it against the Patriots on Thursday night football. You're not gonna do it against Seattle and Baltimore to close out the year. You're probably not gonna do it against the Colts, who have a decent defense as well. Um so Keep the ball rolling here. Keep that momentum going. And if you do, then you're looking at a Steelers team to be reckoned with. I, I really believe that. So, all righty, let's see here. Brian Brown, his score prediction, 45-6 to six Steelers. They finally have a sorry defense to run over. And if they don't, you know the pitchforks and torches will be out after. Yeah. If the Steelers lose this game, <laughs> it's all hell breaks loose. I mean, that's that's just how it is. Uh, I think the Steelers will roll this week, though. I, I agree with you. I think the defense is plays a little softer. Yo. I think the defense plays a little softer than uh, than maybe typically they would. Um, just, just my thoughts on it. But uh, I but also I think the Steelers offense does continue to roll here, Brian. Um, and so 45 to 6, man, I'd be sitting back enjoying that one. That would be awesome. Uh, somebody look up for me when the last time the Steelers won by 20 or more, <laughs> it's gotta be forever ago. Uh, I, I probably was a little kid. <laughs> I don't know. Somebody look that up. That's, that would be a fun one. Somebody also look up. When was the last shutout for this team? I would love a shutout for this defense. That would be amazing. Let's go shut out the Cardinals at home. I mean, you could score 20 points. And I think if you shut out the Cardinals at home, this, this team would, or the, the fans would just be loving it. Just absolutely loving it. So let's bring up this from Dave Schofield, who's tuning in. And thanks to Dave again for joining me last week on the show. Um, Alex Highsmith keeps the quarterback from escaping with his pressure, and it sets up a lot of sacks for others. That is very true. That's why I mentioned those uh, those advanced metrics of, uh, pressure rate and and things like that the pff stuff that that Steelers fans are often irate over Highsmith is really good in those areas okay on a down to down game he he probably grades better than TJ Watt down to down um according to pff and and those advanced metrics however you weigh those but they do have a, a role in football and engaging how people play and like Dave is saying here, Alex Highsmith is kind of the anchor on the other side that forces everything the other way. <laughs> and um, 
I, I see this happening a lot to TJ where um, teams run a tight end at him or a running back. And because they, the Steelers edge rushers line up so wide in this, in this three, four set. And even in, in nickel uh, when it's more like a, a four down, if you include the two edge rushers who are really outside linebackers, um, they're, they're coming from so wide for that, for that contain and that, and that direct line to the quarterback. <clears throat> They've been chipping TJ before he gets to the line of scrimmage. And that's been really good game planning by opposing offenses because you can't get him going that way. He can't get going that way. And so once his momentum's going, he's getting to your quarterback. So if you can keep him from gaining momentum at all, that's how that works. While that is happening, Alex Highsmith getting those quicker pressures from the other side versus one-on-ones, it might not be ending in sacks, but it's definitely ending in pressures. It's definitely ending in hurries and QB hits. So it is important. And, and if you talk about him from a run defense angle as well, turning things inside, Teams aren't getting outside on this defense right now. They're just not in the running game. And that's where the Steelers could be beat. That's where their tackling is an issue on the outside. So turning things upfield, making it happen. Alex Highsmith, very, very good at that. Let's talk this question from Brian Brown. Did James Conner ever grow any vision, or is he one of the many offensive players that only struggle under Canada and strives, uh, thrives probably uh, elsewhere? Excuse me while I get a drink and mole on that for a second. This show is sponsored by Great Value Drinking Water. Not really. Um, yeah, James Conner has most definitely improved um, since his days in Pittsburgh. And honestly, I think schematically, the Steelers didn't really do him any favors uh, in the run game, especially in those late Roethlisberger years. Um, you know, it it was tough for the running backs. It really was. So I think James Conner probably has at least as much production as as uh, Najee Harris has over the last few years. If he's still in Pittsburgh, um, James Conner, Jalen Warren that's a that's a fun as fun a, a grouping as Najee Harris and Jalen Warren is in my opinion. Um, I wouldn't say that he's Barry Sanders or anything as far as vision goes, um, or Walter Payton. But he he definitely has shown a little bit more than than we've seen uh, before. So um, you you've got to consider the fact too that like the offensive line was deteriorating at that time too. Oh, Dark Storm, look at you taking the words right out of my mouth. Dark Storm one O line wasn't great during the Connor era. That's exactly right. They were kind of on their downturn from from that group that was so good in the mid twenty tens. You know. Um, when the killer bees were going at it. So yeah, it was kind of going down dark storm all over it there that the offensive line wasn't uh, very good. So, uh, you know, the Steelers in, in whatever iteration of their offense that they had when James Conner was here, it was, it was something that, you know, he, he was having to do a lot of work to get anything and he's not a, an explosive back. He's, he's a power back. Um, but he's not an explosive back. So the, the long speed isn't there. The quick twitch isn't there. Um, so it was tough for him. It was really tough for him in Pittsburgh, especially because he didn't have a running mate that Mike Tom was still in his, his, uh, workhorse phase. And, uh, only recently, probably only because of the struggles of Najee Harris at times and the, 
and the explosiveness of Jalen Warren has gone away from that. If Najee Harris turned into Le'Veon Bell 2.0, as far as skill set goes and ability, I don't think Jalen Warren would be seeing the field at all. Um, that's just how Mike Tomlin plays football and how he would want to. So I think he would be running the wheels off Najee. Um, but that's just my opinion on that. And I, I do think that Connor has improved. So um, <clears throat> there's when you talk about this Cardinals offense in the running game, you know, obviously two guys you're comparing here are Paris Johnson Jr., the offensive tackle that the Cardinals traded back and then still picked up with a sixth overall pick um, out of Ohio State, a guy that Andrew Wilbar and I interviewed on the Steelers fix uh, during the, the pre-draft season when we were doing all of our, our prospect interviews. I hope you got a chance to listen to those. Hope you got a chance to listen to the Paris Johnson one. He was absolutely fun to have on um, and, you know, wish him nothing but the best over there. Obviously, as an Ohio State fan myself, you know, have a rooting interest in that guy's a career. Um, but Broderick Jones for the Steelers getting in and, and being a part of this resurgence. Um, I was listening to the PFF football show. Um, and one of the, the points that they were making was that, um, Broderick Jones is, is kind of, he kind of has high fluctuation in his play. Um, he'll blow somebody off the line of scrimmage one play and then the next play get blown off the line of scrimmage. And right now it's, it's kind of correlating to the, the plays where he's blowing people off the line of scrimmage. He is uh, creating huge plays in the run game and the plays where he's getting beat. It's not necessarily affecting the team that much benefits of playing on the right side against most teams where their power rushers or where their, their better rushers are coming from the left. Um, so, you know, it's working out well for the Steelers right now. As he gets more consistent, it should continue to improve. I expect the run game to be good here, too. But how Paris Johnson Jr. holds up, and I believe he's playing on the left side there in Arizona. I believe that. So uh, how he holds up against Alex Highsmith um, is going to be key. Uh, and if T.J. Watt goes over there, whoever he ends up lining up against the most, uh, key matchup there is the rookie offensive tackles against these these defensive fronts how they hold up broderick jones wins his battles at the line of scrimmage this is a good day for the steelers offense um if paris johnson jr wins his battles at the line of scrimmage then the cardinals offense can score points um especially on a secondary that is iffy outside of joey porter jr it's going to be awesome having minka fitzpatrick back let's get us a minka interception this week guys that would be fantastic maybe a pick six let's do it i'd love it that's how you run up the score on this team. Score one defensively, play offense like you did last week, and convert three out of four red zone attempts into touchdowns. Um, and that's when you're looking at 33, 35 to, to whatever the Cardinals score. So let's let's do that. So um, here's, here's a, a good one from Dave Schofield. Connor is a guy I root for even after being gone from the Steelers. Is there any former Steeler you still root for? More than Connor. Ooh, more than Connor. Um, and that is a that is a tough one. I I I don't think so. <laughs> um I don't think so. It's 
that's tough. James Conner was one of my favorite Steelers when he was with us. Um, I was, when I first started um, getting into uh, previously behind the steel curtain.com and now, uh, now the steel curtain network, I was a huge James Conner fan. I thought that when Le'Veon Bell left that James Conner was going to pick it up without skipping a beat. And it looked really good that first year. Um, I, I said that the killer bees turned into the ABCs. You had Antonio Brown for the A, Ben Roethlisberger for the B, and James Conner for the C. You know, I was I was all in on that. Um, ABC didn't quite work out. <laughs> Obviously, A went nuts. Uh, B started falling apart physically, and C uh, wasn't as explosive as we thought it was going to be. So, um, really, the killer bees turning into the ABCs—that's what happened. But ABC's never caught on because they weren't as good, uh, not even close to as good. So, but James Conner, the story, uh, the fact that he played at Pitt, the fact that he ran with the style he did, he was old school. He was throwback, and that was so much fun, um, so much fun. I, I, I really thought that he was a, a fantastic piece for this team, and I loved, I loved rooting for him, and I still root for him. Um, in fact. When I get a chance to, I, I typically draft him in fantasy football because, uh, obviously, in, in most recent years, he's been a very good goal line back, very good at the point of attack, and uh, he's been a good asset for fantasy. So I can't say that there's anybody I root for more than Canada. Dave, or excuse me, more than Connor, not Canada. Shoot, don't, don't let me say that live again. Uh, Dave, if you've got anybody you want to throw in there that um, you consider at, that t- you still root for uh, that are former Steelers, throw them in there. Um, and then thank you for bringing this up. Johnson is on the right. Um, so if that is the case, then against TJ Watt, huge, 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 huge implications for this game. If my boy Paris Johnson Jr. plays well and limits TJ, Alex Highsmith better get after it from the other side and get some of those sacks. Um, so that's a key matchup, very key matchup for them. And, um, you know, I'd assume that the Cardinals are kind of doing then if he's playing on the right side, they're doing what the Steelers are doing and kind of just getting him on there. Cause he's one of their best five uh, offensive linemen, like the Steelers are doing with Broderick Jones. But eventually this is the left tackle of the future. Um, that's why you draft a guy six, 14 trade up for him, trade, trade picks to, to make sure you land him. Um, and, and now that I think about it, the Cardinals traded back, um, and then traded back up for uh, Paris Johnson Jr. So there was a lot of maneuvering there. So they they did um, they did target him, and that was their guy. So when when you do that that early in the draft, that's your left tackle of the future. That's what you're going with. But sometimes getting them on the field is more important. They get those reps. They get experience. They they may be one of your best five, and and then you you uh, can compete that way. So. Um, and Dave Schofield kind of show, finishes this up with Connor's definitely the one I root for most, possibly the only one. Um, this might be a little controversial, but when Antonio Brown was, um, when Antonio Brown uh, played for the Buccaneers, I thought it was a cool story um, because I, you know, I respect absolutely everything he did for Pittsburgh, and I thought he was on a Hall of Fame trajectory until everything went south very very much south and literally south uh, to Tampa and then he wins a Super Bowl 
and you know, I'm not thrilled about Tom Brady winning a Super Bowl in Tampa. Not thrilled about Antonio Brown necessarily winning a Super Bowl outside of Pittsburgh. But it's like maybe this guy isn't. Maybe this guy figures things out and and doesn't continue being as crazy as as we thought uh, or as we think he is and uh, gets in the Hall of Fame because now he's got a Super Bowl win, retires a Steeler. I had all these uh, fantastic uh, fantasies about him coming coming back, retiring a Steeler, and and you know, uh, making amends for everything. Uh, nothing's unforgivable I, I, at the NFL level. These guys are, <laughs> I mean, a lot of them have bigger issues than Antonio Brown. Uh, so, you know, uh, I rooted for that. Um, but, you know, I've maybe kind of waned on that a little bit, but did want to see Antonio Brown uh, have some su- success and, and just because he was my favorite Steeler um, outside of Roethlisberger during his, his days with the Steelers. So, all right. Hey, I appreciate you guys all tuning in to this episode of the Steelers Q&A. I thank you for your questions. I thank you for the discussion, the conversation here. Let's go get a big win against the Cardinals. Right now, it is 33 to 33-14 on my live time, 33 minutes and 14 seconds. Let's make that the score this week, 33-14, and let's close it out here before that score keeps climbing up uh, on the time clock here. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Steelers Q&A. We'll be back next week. And guess what? Next week we'll be on Sunday night, the Sunday night Q&A, since the Steelers play on Thursday. Let's go. Talk to you next time.